1: We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible.
0: We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting and the following Welcome to the podcast. We just said a little prayer before this one, didn't we?
1: Because this is... Take two. <laughs>
0: Take two. It's gonna be even better, Lord willing. Oh, you yeah.
1: guys, we it was shot this this morning, and it was, it went so well.
0: Yeah, it was awesome. And then
1: we found out. Well, I found out a couple hours ago. I don't know how long you knew. Yeah. But there was a crackling in our audio.
0: So we couldn't give that to you. So late here we at night have a here. Shooting
1: again, 10 p.m.
0: Yeah, here we go. Okay. So this is this is a good one, though, and it's uh, furthering the discussion from last week's mm-hmm. When is Civil Disobedience Biblical, and this one is The Church Meeting and Civil Disobedience, uh, which is about more j- than just church, whether we're able to go to church or not, and so forth. But mm-hmm. uh, such an important discussion right now, and if you're wondering, hey, why are they talking about this at... Christmas time, if you're listening right now, Mm -hmm. I know historically people will be listening to this all parts of the year, but um, it's because we did a Christmas episode a few weeks ago. You can go check that out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we felt called to talk about this. We get lots of questions about this, Mm -hmm. and we wanted to make sure we're giving you timely information that is most edifying to you.
1: That's right. So, also, we will be sharing a, a passage of scripture that actually has to do with the Christmas. Testimony the historical aspect of Jesus coming into the world um, because some people were actually disobedient to the king,
0: yeah. And at the end,
1: saved his life
0: as promised. We're going to give you the practical if you need to know how to participate, find, or start a home church. We're going to give you the practical, uh, simplified what to do on that, and uh, that'll be at the end. We all often give really good stuff at the end, so Mm -hmm. stay uh, engaged all the yes. way through and we'll give it to you.
1: So Isaac, some people might be listening to this one for the first time listening to the podcast. Yeah. Um, and so, because I was thinking about that, I thought it would be good to just share with them that we are about to hit our two year anniversary of the podcast. I think it's this week.
0: Cra- it is this week. We, we, <laughs> we launched our first episode Christmas week, uh, 2018. So one episode at the end of 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so funny.
1: So funny. And so, you know, the numbers better than I do, but we are getting really close to hitting a massive this, milestone.
0: Literally, this episode will put the it over a million downloads, likely. So you uh, might
1: see us celebrate a little bit on social media. So over,
0: know. so we're very close, just about mm-hmm. over a million, just a day or so away from a million downloads and that is so exciting we might even be there right now i haven't actually looked at it real real close but we're mm-hmm. so close to that and what an incredible experience god is doing this he told us to do this he's blessed it and you are part of the right. one million legacies movement one we
1: million it. legacies movement now one million downloads doesn't mean one million People. families yeah. right um but actually it could mean more than 1 million legacies because of all the kids that are impacted by all the parents Mm -hmm. that are listening because this is a generational ministry that's the vision at least um so you guys are a part of that that's very exciting i was actually telling our kids this on our way home because we were finishing yeah some christmas shopping and and andrew goes mom how come I'm just now hearing this? One million? That's huge. Why haven't we celebrated? Because it's been a family effort. Yeah, the has. big kids have helped with babysitting the youngers. When we've when we've shot podcasts during the day, right now, most of them are asleep.
0: And it's about way more than the podcast. If you've yeah. been around, courageousparenting.com. Yeah. We have a parenting mentor program. Actually, a library of courses now, uh, books, mm-hmm. and more to come. Uh, we're going to send an email out, a really detailed and good update, Um, out to everybody. So if you're not on our email list yet, I would do it to get that, but also just to stay in contact with us. You never know which social platforms we'll be on and how things change Mm -hmm. and all of the different things. I know some of you have bailed on Facebook and Instagram, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, we noticed that actually uh, because of some of the new rules going out. We're going to stay on Facebook and Instagram Mm -hmm. for the time being, but uh, we are uh, switching to Rumble soon uh, for video and um, Parlor And Parlor. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be looking at other things too. So it's interesting times, and mm-hmm. we've got to adapt to change, don't we? So, That's right. uh, anyways, let's dive into this. Why don't you go through the agenda?
1: Awesome. So, we are going to be talking about biblical examples of civil disobedience. So, in last week's podcast, we didn't really go into detail of what we covered. And if you didn't listen to that, this is really a part of two to last week's episode. Um, and they're both on similar topics, but when we finished that one hour episode, Isaac and I both were like, we need to talk about actual examples that are in scripture where there was, um, biblical civil disobedience. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we are going to cover quite a few scriptures today. Um, it's, this one's a meaty, podcast. Yeah. And then then,
0: we're going to go over modern examples after the biblical ones. And then we're going to talk about church and you're going to end it with,
1: and I'm going to end it with some resources that you can use for teaching your kids. Um, and many of you, I know how intentional are following our audience. Amazing um, people. They're like-minded, courageous parents actually. And so I, I know that many of you guys, for example, have had some of your kids that are ages 8 to 12 read YWAM biographies, Mm -hmm. right? Of missionaries, of heroes of history. Mm -hmm. And so um, anyway, we're going to be sharing some other resources that we have used, which are actually testimonies of people who have been in a sense, disobedient to some of the governments that they were under.
0: Yeah, they're good examples. So we have to equip confident Christian kids for an uncertain Mm -hmm. world. It's growing in uncertainty all the time, Mm -hmm. not in fear, but anticipation of being Mm -hmm. an impact for the gospel in the world. And sometimes that involves standing for truth. And sometimes that involves standing for truth and protecting certain rights Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't lead to tyranny. That hurts um, future generations. Future generations.
1: And, you know, it's interesting because we've used the word disobedience multiple times. We're a parenting ministry. Yeah. And we teach parents how to teach their kids to be more obedient. That's Mm -hmm. one of the things, one of the things that God has laid on our hearts. Mm -hmm. And here we are talking about biblical reasons. Why? So before we dive into our agenda, we thought that it would be really good for us to be clear with you guys what we are not condoning what we do not condone regarding civil disobedience and what we are condoning. So what we don't condone is any form of violence, disrespectful meanness, anything that would be the opposite of what God calls us to actually as children of God. What we do condone is obedience to God and not bowing to any other gods, not submitting in a way that is actually an act of disobedience to God's word. We also Mm -hmm. condone resistance to sin. Mm -hmm. Okay. We condone that. We condone, we say, hey, yes, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Um, We also are for resisting being, um, participating in the devil's schemes, Mm -hmm. for example, Um, and doing all of this in such a way that is still loving and still able to share the gospel or be a light for justice and hope.
0: But hey- Guys, we totally believe in protecting our family mm-hmm. and we believe in, you know, arming ourselves and if needed and mm-hmm. all of those things. And if you don't, that's okay. We can disagree, but uh, we do believe in protecting our families.
1: That's right. We believe in those things, but we also. And our neighbors. The, yeah. And, and protecting and people. people, protecting those who can't defend themselves. Yeah. Um, we are not condoning in any way, shape or form what we see from. The left side, right, where there's looting and there's no. harmfulness happening to people. You can protest in a peaceful way. Yeah. We've seen it done well. Yeah. Um, and just recognize, though, that there is a chance that the the corrupt media will probably portray you as not being the peaceful protester that you are.
0: So, so. let's dive into this. Uh, biblical examples of disobedience. Mm-hmm. It starts in Exodus.
1: Okay, so this is one I'm going to start with because this is one of my favorites. Go for it. As you guys know, um, I have been able to be a doula for a while, Mm -hmm. over a decade. And this is the story of some midwives. This is a huge ministry. So we're going to talk about Exodus chapter one. I'm not going to read all of it, but I encourage you guys to write that down and Mm -hmm. go read it yourselves. I'm going to skip down to verse six. This is the portion where it's kind of lays the scene. So Joseph has died. His brothers have died. And all of his generation. Mm-hmm. But the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly, multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty. And the land was filled with them. This is what the Bible says. And then you skip down almost to verse 10, but it's the end of verse nine. And, and the new king of Egypt is speaking here. He didn't know Joseph. Remember that. And he says, look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply and it happened in the event of war that they would also join our enemies and fight against us and so go up out of the land. Therefore they sent out taskmasters and he, this just describes for the next few verses what he did to afflict them. Okay. He was very uh, much a ruler that was, it was grueling how they had to work. Um, when we celebrate the Passover, and sometimes we'll do like an Assyrianic Passover. You guys can learn about that in a different podcast. Um, and we'll make like a traditional horoset dish, which is to resemble the brick and the mortar. And that's what it's actually mm-hmm. talking about here in this scripture. Okay. And it says, they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and brick and in all manner of service in the field. And all their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. Okay. So this is the important part. Verse 15, it says, then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives of whom one was named shiprah and, and the other named Pua. And he said, when you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and you see them on their birth, birth stools, if it is a son, um, you, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, you shall let them live. But the midwives feared God. Notice how they did not Mm -hmm. fear the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. They feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are lively and give birth before the midwives come to them. Mm -hmm. Therefore, God dealt well with the midwives. Because of what they did, God dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. And so it was because the midwives feared God that he provided households for them. And then it continues on. It's very interesting because then chapter two of Exodus starts talking about Moses. Mm Mm-hmm. Moses might not have been born in the first place if the midwives had not disobeyed the king of Egypt. So sometimes
0: we have to have civil disobedience. Sometimes what we're being asked to do by our mm-hmm. government where the law of the land is against what God is calling us to do. And we have to be careful to pay attention to these things. Yeah, you know, it's mm-hmm. really, really important. It can be very, very easy just to go along. And unfortunately, sometimes if you go along, Uh, Mm -hmm. there's cost to that.
1: Yeah. So the second example that we wanted to share with you guys, this one has to do with Christmas. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So we're going to flip with you to Matthew chapter two. Okay. This is where the wise men are coming from the East, right? Now, after Jesus is born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of Herod, the King, you Mm -hmm. can go on and read the whole story. Skip down to verse eight. This is where he sent them. So King Herod sent the wise men Mm -hmm. to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Yeah. And we know that he wasn't going to worship Jesus. Yeah. Instead it was his plot of how can I find him so I can kill him because he was worried about the prophecy. Right. And then it continues on. And then here it is. Verse 12. Then being divinely warned, In a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way.
0: So important to be close to God right now. So important to be in your word and praying so you can hear from God. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we get so clouded with our own selfishness, worry, doubt, uh, fear of things in the world, concern about things, anxiety, all clouds us from faith. And when we're growing Mm -hmm. strong in faith, we can hear from God. They heard from God thank goodness, so they knew to disobey the king. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, they did. And I think that it's also important that we see, like, you know, God is the ultimate sovereign one who is saving Jesus in this situation, just like he was saving the babies back with the midwives. Mm -hmm. What's interesting about both of these stories is that following that, is when there was a decree of Herod to kill any child Mm -hmm. under the age of two through all of the Bethlehem districts in his attempt to find Jesus and kill him. But again, God intervenes by way of an angel to Joseph. It says in verse 13, if you just continue, it says, Now when they departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed. He fled. And they weren't supposed
0: to. This was a time when everybody's being counted. This was a time when the authorities said, you need to stay in your city. Is that, you know, in COVID, some places like stay in your state, stay in your place, (laughs) right?
1: It is similar in that regard of that. There was governmental uh, control and they were trying to count people. Right. And And so, and and Joseph Mm -hmm. uh, disobeyed. He fled after the baby was born. And so sometimes God calls us to do countercultural things. Yeah. We've talked about this in many regards. I just find it interesting that the, the father of the, the earthly father of Jesus, mm-hmm. the chosen Joseph, yeah. right? Heard an angel. God commanded him to leave with Jesus to save his life. And you guys, we've, we even hear of modern day stories of missionaries in remote places places where they wake up just before, you know, gunmen yeah. come into the village and they hide and they get out in time, right? Th- this kind of stuff still does happen today where God reveals himself to people all over the world. We hear about these stories yeah. of the persecuted church all the time today. Um, and so- You guys are
0: probably thinking, well, how do you deal with Romans 13? We talked briefly about it in the mm-hmm. previous episode. We're gonna talk more about it here in a second, mm-hmm. but um, you know, this goes against how a lot of people read Romans 13, right? But the Bible right. is not uh, hypocritical. It, it doesn't, doesn't, go contradict, in, it doesn't itself. contradict itself. And so we'll talk about that.
1: Yeah, we're going to dive more into actually the Greek meanings in a second, which is really important mm-hmm. for understanding the true meaning of what God meant. Okay, so our next example is actually in Daniel. Now, if I just want to say, if you parents are needing to teach your kids some exciting stories, you know that they've probably heard in Sunday school the story of Daniel in the lion's den. You know they've probably heard the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But do they know the actual biblical
0: the real testimony, account, the real account that right. happened
1: and understanding that it took courage. It took bravery and that they actually had to stand up to. I love this a- one. Dive into it. Okay, I can't so wait. this is chapter six. But again, you could read all of Daniel and just your kids will be on the so edge good. of their seats. It's so great. So this is the story of Daniel and the lion's den, but we're not even going to get to the very end because you get to read that on your own. Verse three, it says Daniel was distinguished himself above the other governors and satraps because of his excellent spirit okay and the king gave thought to settling him over the whole Mm. realm Mm. okay Mm -hmm. then i'm just going to summarize okay so in verse four and five guess what happens ultimately other governors and satraps become a little jealous Mm -hmm. so they want to try to find some fault with daniel that he's so faithful because he was faithful. It says in chapter four, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Mm-hmm. So they start, I envision them probably if they don't already know the law of his God, because yeah. it's not their God, they study it and they scheme. Sure. They are schemers here. That's what the devil does, yeah. right?
0: Evil people around him, And he's listening to them.
1: So these governors and satraps thronged before the king, And said to him, hey, King Darius, live forever, right? Okay, so they're playing into his pride here. All the governors of the kingdom and administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute Mm -hmm. and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions.
0: Oh, that's a puffing up of the king there.
1: Right. Now, O king, establish the decree. And sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius or Darius signed the written decree. And then here you are. I have a little star next to verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home (laughs) and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem he knelt part. down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his god as was his custom since early days he opened
0: those windows so everybody could hear him he's like nope i'm going to i am going to disobey i'm going to continue praying as mm-hmm. i always do every day to to my god and my god only I'm not going to pray to anything else mm-hmm. bam
1: And you guys, this is such an amazing story. I'm not going to continue reading it all, but he has words with this king. Okay. Because the king's like, oh man, well, Daniel, why'd you do this? Right? (laughs) You were my favorite governor. Governor. There may be actually a time for governors, congressmen, (laughs) representatives today to stand up and go, no. We well, are going to stand for truth and people we are need, starting to do it.
0: There's some starting to do it. We need more we need of more. them doing it.
1: We need more boldness of people going, I will not bow to lies. I will stand for truth. Amen. And we need to do this. And Daniel is a perfect example of this. Okay. So he did not pray to King Darius. Instead, he went and he prayed out his window where people could no. hear him. Okay. Um and then, of course, you know what happens to Daniel in the lion's den, and then what ends up happening in the end. You guys should go and read that with your kids. But God is glorified. Amen. God is glorified. Another awesome story that we or I—I I don't I like the word story. Why is it that we go? Maybe it's my upbringing from childhood. A
0: historical event that. That's happened. right.
1: Historical testimony, an event that happened in Daniel <laughs> three. Is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay, another very famous story. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna read chapter three, verse 14, where Nebuchadnezzar, this is the king, okay? He speaks to them and says, Um, he is wait, let me just make sure I'm not skipping anything here. Um, in verse 14, he spoke to them saying, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? So obviously he had created this gold image that he had set up. Yeah. He had declared that people needed to worship it. They needed Here's to Here's an opportunity, a gods. moment of
0: truth. Am I going to stand for truth right. or am I going to lie yeah. and save my skin?
1: Okay. Then if you continue on, you guys have to read this whole chapter. We just don't have enough time to really dig into it, but I got to share this with you. Verse 15. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered to the king and said, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. See how non-confrontational this is? We are not condoning needing to yell and get all upset. Mm. That's not it. No, they do this in a very loving way. They say, you know what? We have no need to answer you in this matter. If that's the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not... Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. So this is the thing. So clear. You can still choose to obey God, disobey authority that's trying to get you to disobey God's word, and you can do it in a respectful way because they did it in a respectful way right here. Yeah, They showed respect to the king, but they also said, but we will not bow to your gods. Mm -hmm. We will only worship our God. And we believe our God has the power to do it. But if he chooses not to, he will still be glorified. Look how they're not testing the Lord thy yeah. God. They're having faith in him, but they're also saying, but even if he doesn't, we will not bow to you and your God. And then what happens, you guys, The the fi- this furnace, he ends up telling the workers to make the fire seven times hotter than they, it normally is. And what's crazy about this is that the guys that are outside of the fiery furnace end up dying because it's so hot. Mm. While Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are inside it, they're walking around, and there's a fourth figure in there with them. Mm. Which reminds me of a really beautiful song that's out right now and popular. Um, There's another one in the fire, right? Yeah. And this this could be Jesus, right? This is Jesus in the fire with them, and he saves them. So awesome. And God is glorified. How can the Lord be glorified in times of when tyranny is happening, when authority figures get yeah. prideful yeah. and they try to get people to to, to magnify their name yeah. instead of the true God? Yeah. How is God glorified? He's not going to be glorified if we just Go along with what the authorities are telling us to do Absolutely. in those cases, and so we have to choose. And the thing that is so important, that I really hope you guys go and listen, um, to the um last podcast because Isaac, you, you, there was something that you were um wishing that you would have really emphasized at the end of the last podcast. And that was the aspect of being proactive.
0: Oh yeah. We have to be proactive because there's all these little events that are happening. We have to ask for wisdom, see things clearly Mm -hmm. because Christians need to stand up in the small things. Sometimes Because they're leading to greater tyranny. They're leading to greater problems down the road. Mm -hmm. Uh, Too many Christians are allowing things to happen. um, And this has happened throughout history. I mean, there Mm -hmm. was the case, we'll go into modern examples, but one of them is the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, uh, there was too many people standing by when small things were happening that led to a huge Mm -hmm. problem, uh, massive
1: extermination, really yeah, horrible they, they, situation
0: yeah. um, when it becomes, you know, kind of too late to take action. So we need to be right. taking action uh, before the tyranny and be seeing the things and not just be the slowly cooked frog. That's doing that.
1: And be, you know, Isaac, you're, you're going to share some um, some scripture from the new Testament here in a second, but I just want to encourage you guys, because there are signs today. Well, Isaac's talking about where you have to see the signs proactively and make decisions ahead of time there are signs today there are people that believe that there are too many people on the in the world today and they would love to see the population diminished oh yeah. to heal the earth and if you don't think that that's true it's everywhere the great like, reset
0: it, yeah. well
1: and it's not even just that it's literally been the agenda of the environmentalists for how long yeah um Not that we shouldn't take care of the earth, we should, but to have this belief that humanity is destroying the earth and they're worshiping the created instead of the creator, right? And making their political beliefs, their personal convictions are all based upon that actually.
0: Yeah, if you look at the – even in movies depicted, a lot of the movies, the 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 evil person is often along those lines of believing there's too many people and humans. Oh, like
1: Thanos. Or
0: like <laughs> Infinity War. So just watch Infinity War if you want to get yeah. a sense for what's happening behind the scenes in uh-huh. the world right now. That's my opinion, but I believe it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, – Acts 529, but Peter and other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Mm -hmm. So it's so important. You can read what's around that. But I just love that because we, no matter what, obey God. And if somebody, an organization, a government, anything is asking us to do something Mm -hmm. that is disobedient to what God says in his word. Mm -hmm. then we are not to do it.
1: And this is an important passage of scripture. Did you tell them where we were in Acts? Okay. You guys, this passage of scripture, this is when Peter and Paul are being told not to preach the gospel. Yeah. They are preaching Jesus um, that he died on the cross and that he resurrected from the dead. And then you have Caiaphas and a bunch of these high priests coming in and, and threatening them with prison saying, you can't preach this, worried that it's going to spread because thousands of people are getting saved and coming to the one true God, and they're threatened by this, right?
0: Well, and Paul wrote Romans, and Romans 13 is the submit to government authorities. And here you see Paul um, saying, we need to disobey. If it's causing us to disobey God. And
1: what's interesting is as you read more in Acts, you see him, um, well, in this particular situation, an angel ends up breaking them free because they do get imprisoned, right? And an angel breaks them free. Yeah,
0: literally takes the shackles off his arms and breaks them free. And why was he imprisoned For preaching the gospel. And he was told he shouldn't, he can't. They arrested him. Mm -hmm. And an angel came and released him. An angel that God, Mm -hmm. you know, gave authority Mm -hmm. to do that. So also Paul escaped a city governor. Right? You can read this. And he, he went in a wicker basket and lowered himself into a window. It's hard to picture how that worked out, but um, he basically mm-hmm. evaded being arrested by uh, city governor, too. And uh, a recent Instagram post I wrote is If we fail to make the right decision out of fear of what we will lose, then we've already lost. I wrote that because I feel a strong conviction that too many Christians are fearing what they're going to lose if they do the hard decision that's the right decision. If they say the right thing, that might cost them something if they make the, the uh, right decision about taking their family to church or finding a home church or finding a different church instead of streaming, uh, they might lose something. They might lose some, think they're going to lose relationships or um, a job, a job or saved. things like that. Yeah. So, but you've already lost because you're acting not in faith, you're acting in fear. And, and if it's the right thing to do, whatever it is, you need to do it. This is the time that this we're made for, right? This is to glorify God. I mean,
1: what if we, I mean, we Because shared, he comes through and helps yes, us. Yes, and we've shared so many times. Like I even think of the podcast we did when we shared some of our greatest life trials Yeah. and parenting through life trials and sharing those experiences. And that's when your kids really get to see what, it, what your Christian faith means to you, what you're made of, yeah. what is truly there. And right now the world is being tested by fire. And are you going to stand firm in your strong conviction that you're not going to bow to any other God? Yeah. Or I mean, cause your kids are watching. This is so important right now.
0: It is. I, I wasn't going to share this, but I just shared this with our kids, reminded them of this. When our, our business had a big business failure, we had 43 employees and, and there was this one creditor that um, we're, we had a half a million dollars in debt following us. And there was this one creditor, there was about 130,000 of it. And I consulted with a, a bankruptcy attorney, not because we wanted to do that, mm-hmm. but because it appeared there was no other option. Everybody was pressing me to at least meet with them. Mm-hmm. And, um, but i we felt like God would take us through it and totally yeah. solve the problem and pay everybody back and, and all that. And that's
1: and that's what we worked hard to that's do. That's what ended
0: up happening. Yeah. But I was very proactive working with creditors, spreadsheets, spent 15 hours a week, probably a year and a half to two years on it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and God took care of it. But this one creditor never called. And the, the bankruptcy attorney had originally told me, these guys are the worst. There's nothing I can do to help you. Nothing you can do to help you they just will destroy your life and come after everything until all of it's paid. And I never heard from them for a while. And it's been like six months. And And so it bothered you and it bothered me. And because I made a commitment to be honorable and to work things out with everybody. And I remember calling them, but I needed that six months to to work with everybody else. Mm -hmm. It'd be too much if I had to work with them too. And I called them and they're like, this is the weirdest thing you, your account is just not attached to anybody. It's just like floating. It's like it disappeared. And I'm like, well, I need, we need to work it out because I owe you the money. Can you
1: find it? Can please? you find it? Yeah. And then they
0: called me back and they found it and they attached it to somebody to work on with me. And they were super nice because I was so proactive. And I said, you know, there's no way I can pay that, but I want to pay you something. And we settled at like 8% of the total. And Which was uh,
1: unheard of with this company, but I do believe that there was a part of that was because they were blown away that that was the company that was blown away. They're like, wait a minute. So we didn't contact you first. You don't have a case number. You don't have what someone you're working with. And Isaac was like, no, I'm contacting you because my business is going under and already, I owe you. Was, yeah. Already gone. And they were just like, you're contacting us. This is like six months way? down the road. Yeah. yeah.
0: So anyways, God, Totally did that. The right timing and prompted me. The Holy Spirit prompted me and worked it out. We just can't have fear. You have to trust God. And when we do, he wants to be glorified. So if he knows you're going to give him the credit and it's in his will, he's going to come do it.
1: That's right. Amen to that.
0: I want to take a moment and give you something for free. If you haven't got it already is the date night one sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get an alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, Also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just wanna share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, It's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you wanna join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at CourageousParenting.com.
1: Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor, and yourself a favor, and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. So you guys have to go and read Acts chapter four and five, because those two really go together. The verse that Isaac was sharing um, is verse 29 and 30, um, which is the one that was really specific about obeying God.
0: Yeah. Now let's go into Romans 13, uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about it. So important. A lot of times this is the verse that I believe causes passivity in Christians. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paul wrote it. And uh, here we have stories of Paul uh, disobeying authorities, continuing to preach the gospel evading the governor mm-hmm. um you know, the angels breaking mm-hmm. him out of prison and by the way when he's in prison he's definitely a light isn't he some of the soldiers <laughs> came to the lord yes. it's pretty awesome so he was you know uh using every circumstance using every circumstance showing his joy in hard circumstances and and he says right here and this is accurate let every soul be subject to the governing authorities in some translations it's submit For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. And it goes on to talk about it. So So
1: the one thing that really hits me hard is actually at the end of what you're talking about. I know we're going to go into talking about the submission part, but the part that says it will bring judgment on yourselves. This is the thing. Yeah. There is going to be consequences for disobeying authority. So as a believer, if you are called by God's word to disobey something like they say, don't preach the gospel anymore or yeah. don't um, meet as a church anymore. I mean, th- this is we're talking about months on end. You guys, mm-hmm. it was March when the quarantine started. It is December now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And if we think that it's not going to continue, we have got to be living a lie. Mm-hmm. Like the the reality is, is even if COVID was a 2020 thing, guess what? There's going to be a new flu in 2021 and yeah. 2022 because there's a new flu every year. Yeah. And so I I just, I think that we have to become aware that, you know, at first we, we talked about this at first, our home church went on zoom for a, a period of time during this first yeah. six weeks, right? You guys know that we talk about it in the podcast, but then you start to discern what is truth, what is not, what is going on. What's when being- is
0: tyranny starting to step in? And, and once it's clear, you, you've you got to take action um, and obey God, not the government.
1: And you might experience consequences, but just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, just like Daniel, just like Paul, they all submitted to the consequences, yeah. but God delivered them.
0: And I agree with, uh, um, like, Dan Crenshaw and uh, Rand Paul and some of the the congressmen and so forth, that businesses should should be open. Like, we should not be shutting down businesses. And I actually believe that businesses should defy their government and stay open. Um, This is a tyranny that um, should be resisted. Why? Because where is all this going? The election stuff, everything is going towards socialism. And how good is socialism for the church? How good is socialism for freedom of speech and being well, able to talk about? Well, all we have about- to
1: do is look at any country that's ever become a socialist or a communist, yeah. right? Because a lot of times they go hand in hand. Have any of those countries ever come out of it? Yeah. Ever. Stay open.
0: Open your businesses. Stay open. It's so important. And so right here, let's break this down a little bit. So in Romans 13, the word submit right here or subject um, in the Greek is hypotasso. And hypotasso is different than the word obey. So sometimes people think this is you need to obey the governing authorities. Being subject or submit is a little is quite different, actually, than obey. The word obey, which is... um, let me see here. It's uh hippo cool. Cool. Thank you, honey. Hippo mm-hmm. cool is uh much stronger, way stronger, mm-hmm. and is to literally um conform to what somebody's telling you to do. And so that's why uh children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right.
1: Which is Ephesians six, one. You can look so that one up.
0: That's oh, that is a different word, and obey. Paul could have chose to use the word obey here, but he did not on purpose because subject or submit is much softer. It is to come under. It is to listen. It is uh, to uh,
1: arrange in order.
0: And why is that so important? Because and and God put this in place and government is good. Mm -hmm. Why? Because God is a God of order, not chaos. Mm -hmm. And he knew unless there was government in place Mm -hmm. that chaos would ensue. And so it's so important to realize that. But he's what Paul is not saying is, do obey whatever government tells you to do. Absolutely not. He himself did not.
1: No. And even when you when you look at um, subject and submit, so we really want you guys to have the tools to be able to do these kinds of research yourselves. Um, one of the reasons why this is such an important thing is because so many people out there are saying why are you disobeying the government right Mm -hmm. like if you don't wear a mask or if you are going to church you're disobeying but really you're not disobeying you're not submitting Mm -hmm. right or or you might be subject to them but you're not actually called to obey them in that regard um biblically speaking and so when people start using that word obey instead of submit or subject we were going hold on a second there that people are interchangeably using these words And this is the thing. Yes, you said Paul is the author of Romans. But we all, like Bible-believing Christians, believe that God's word is holy, divine, that he wrote it. He chose which word to go where. And he has done that. there, There are other passages of scripture where God chooses to use the word obey. And obeying him is actually one of them, right? And another place where this gets messed up is in marriage.
0: Oh, so wives submit to your husbands, right? And so-
1: Which is the same word as subject and submit Thank goodness
0: God didn't say, wives obey your husbands.
1: That's more of what you see preached in the patriarchal movement. That
0: is horrible, right? You know, um, it is much different. Like in our marriage, Angie definitely submits to me, but I try hard to be worthy of submission. I try hard to lead well, not perfect. I make mistakes. She gets frustrated sometimes. I get frustrated sometimes, mm-hmm. but we work things out. And the end of the day, and and I think she it's easier for her to submit because I discuss things with her. We're, I look at us as a team, mm-hmm. which God looks at it the same way, and we discuss things. I don't hide anything. Mm-hmm. We talk in detail about things, any big decisions we're talking at length about. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times it's hard to make that final call and she'll, mm-hmm. she'll say, hey, I trust What you decide to do.
1: Which is interesting because in a democracy isn't like, for example, voting and having an election process that's honest. Mm -hmm. You let the people speak. Yeah. That's letting the people speak by having a vote. And then the people that are put in office speak for the people and they have committee meetings where people can actually go and they can express their thoughts Mm -hmm. to their congressmen, their legislators, their committee leaders, right? We have a voice. The problem is that so many people have become passive and not being involved, not actually exercising their voice, not communicating, not sent by email, phone call, going to a committee meeting, a community meeting, whatever, But the reality is even government is actually in America set up because it was founded by our forefathers who were trying to create a constitution that was based on principles found in the Bible, like religious freedom, freedom of speech, things that would not um, that would protect individual liberties, right? Amen. And so when you have government crossing those boundaries yeah. that were put there for the protection of the people, mm-hmm. so there'd be accountability for the government as well as for the people, right? Laws are for, for people for protection yeah, usually, right? But the reality is that when government goes unchecked, there is no accountability. Yeah. And one of the things that's so important about hospitality, and we didn't even bring this up in the last podcast, yeah. um, you guys, I just have to share this briefly for a second. Our, our daughter's doing, writing a paper on um, all kinds of different topics. And she was sharing with me some of what she had been studying for one of her final papers um, at Liberty. And she, she said, mom, you know, you realize when people don't have hospitality, when they don't get together with other people, when they don't gather together and communicate, there's no accountability for the government. Yep. And so if the government stops people from meeting, there's actually a bigger reason behind why they don't want you meeting. It's so that there isn't accountability. Let me give you an example. If you hear something on media and let's say maybe you don't, you're not walking in the spirit that day, your discernment, is kind of low. You kind of, you believe whatever you hear. Okay. You go and you have dinner with your brother or your neighbor And they go, but hold on a second. I saw that in that protest that was actually very peaceful.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. When the media portrayed it as vicious and outrageous, then all of a sudden what happens? They are the truth is revealed through a testimony of someone and the government and the media are held accountable. That needs to continue to happen. Otherwise, so, anarchy happens. So now
0: there's corrupt media right now. There's a lacking of people meeting, meeting, gathering, creating fear of each other. Mm-hmm. And so now it's easier for the government to get more control uh, in these kinds of things. I uh, recently was reading the, part of the Gettysburg Address, and I wanted to read Lincoln's words here, that we are highly resolved that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation. Under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people shall not perish from the earth. What is government of the people, by, by the, the people, people, and for the people? It's not trying to take, it's not trying to overly control, it's trying to create as much freedom for the people as possible mm-hmm. because the government trusts people that they can make the best decisions for themselves and help one another. Mm -hmm. And instead of people becoming enslaved to the government. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a real challenge right now. So let's just take in the United States, I know people listen all over the world, but the United States does impact the whole world, whether Mm -hmm. people appreciate that or not. Um, It, done some evil things too. I totally know that, Mm -hmm. but, um, it is, um, a beacon of good in a lot of ways. And right now there's seeming to be a lot of evidence of election fraud. Um, if you're looking at mainstream news, you're not going to see that, but, um, it appears to be very, very true. And let's say it comes out that there's just widespread election fraud in the United States. What are people going to do?
1: We need to do something.
0: What do we do? We surely should be praying about it. Mm -hmm. But why is this important? Even if, let's say, let's say there's election fraud and Trump gets in and this next year Antifa goes berserk and it causes chaos and all kinds of problems this next year, um, is it worth it? Well, yeah, it's not about who's in office at this point. What it matters now and why Democrats and Republicans and people around the world should all care about this is because there is no longer integrity in the United States election, election system that is proven. And what happens then is people don't believe in their vote and they stop voting and it moves towards uh, dictatorship or socialism or both. Mm -hmm. And so that is what you're seeing. If there's a breakdown in the election system, it's a breakdown in the very republic. So this is a really big deal. And I can't believe I'm not hearing from uh, people that I know are Democrats. I don't see them on social media being concerned about this. I don't see any concern. I'm trying to post every single day to share the news about this. It's like they don't
1: care if they win by cheating. And that just breaks my heart. If if it was the other way around, I would be outraged if it was the other way around. It's not about your guy. It's about truth. It's about the fairness and versus cheating. We don't do things this way as Americans. Right. Yeah. And so it it's just so disheartening right now what oh, is man. actually happening and that more people are not speaking out and actually standing up and going, you know what? I might not have been for that guy, but there is too much evidence.
0: Another thing in the news today, more than 70 cadets at U.S. military academy accused of cheating on the online math exam. Have you ever seen a headline about our military cadets ever like that ever? I've never seen that. There's usually honor and integrity. Well, of course that's happening. Why? Because at the at highest, the highest level, level, any whatever it takes to win and get your way, mm-hmm. that is what's being modeled. This is atrocious behavior that's mm-hmm. permeating our culture.
1: So before we move on, I think that it's really important that people know the tools. This is so simple. I'm going to give you one resource. There's one resource you remember from this. It's blueletterbible.org because this yeah. really brought clarity for Isaac and I. We were so encouraged as we were preparing for this podcast. You guys, if you go to Romans chapter 13, verse one, new King James version, King James version, whichever. And you click on that verse. Every word will be distributed evenly. If you click on the word subject, it will come up and it'll say Strong's G five fifty two ninety three. Okay. And you click on that. It's going to give you the definition, which is the word hippotasso. He went over that. It means arrange under to subject. Okay. Then if you write all this down, then you change the verse and you go to something like we used Ephesians 6, 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord. You click on the word obey. It'll, it'll show you hippokua. Okay. Strong's G fifty two nineteen. It means to obey, to hearken to a command. To conform to a fan, it tells you specifically what it means. Two totally different words. Let's not use them interchangeably because the American language is weak compared to Greek. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. The Greek language had a much richer, deeper meaning for both of those words, which is why they're not used interchangeably in scripture. And so we need to be careful not to be putting a word in a different place. So before we move on to modern examples, I'm going to rattle off some verses that we thought would be encouraging for you guys to look up together. Esther chapter one, verse 15. This is where Queen Vashti decides, no, I'm not going to strip before the king. So he banishes her. Potentially kills her. Yep. Again, Esther four sixteen, where Esther, again, civil disobedience, approaches the king uninvited. You can read that story with your kids. First Samuel 14, Saul's soldiers disobey him and don't kill Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jeremiah 27, where Jeremiah, he is disobedient and he wears a yoke in public. Then, of course, we have Jesus who heals People on the Sabbath, which mm-hmm. is against the law of the day. He also overturns tables on the steps of the temple. Okay, this is our God. Don't mess right? with God's church. Okay. So there's just a few, and there's a lot, you guys. It's an exciting study when you start reading through scripture and you talk to your kids, they may even have other examples from reading the Bible themselves. You guys need to be talking about this. We got to
0: reject the passivity and stand for truth and lead unapologetically. Let's go into modern examples. So really quick, and we're going to spend about the next 15 minutes, most of it on uh, what to do if your church Mm -hmm. closes and details about doing home church. But modern examples are obviously the Holocaust, Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., you know, um, desegregation, Mm -hmm. super important. And imagine
1: Uh, if he, I don't know, Tried marching alone. Yeah. These yeah. are examples. of wouldn't have
0: worked. These are examples, of one, before these things, mm-hmm. uh, Christians being passive. And then during these things, uh, Christians standing up. Like in the Holocaust, there was Jews and Christians that were helping people. Right. And so. Uh, all kinds and of I, You
1: know, I. but this is the thing. When I think of the Holocaust, I think of another biblical example, which is Rahab, when she was hiding mm-hmm. people. Uh,
0: the Civil War. Yeah. Obviously. Um you know, we have to act. Remember, we have to act before these crazy things happen. We have to mm-hmm. see what's happening and not just allow even small things mm-hmm. to happen. We need to band together and pray and take whatever necessary action.
1: So before you jump into talking about the church, the last modern example that we're we're going to talk to you guys briefly about is a conviction. And all of you guys should, should relate to this. If you have sat in a church in the last 20 years, you've likely heard a pastor talk about the persecuted church Mm -hmm. somewhere in the world, okay? There's something called the 1040 window, Um, window to the world, world vision, um, YWAM, tons of different ministries, voice of the martyrs. They share stories from people who are missionaries who go to countries where it is illegal to be a Christian with the purpose of defying that government for the purpose of sharing the gospel and the great commission, because God commands us to go to all the earth and share the gospel. Now, my question would be, has your kids ever seen you pray for this persecuted church? And this was a question that I was thinking about. I was just, this really hit me hard because we've used a lot of resources. I will share them with you at the end. Um, But you guys, I guarantee you, you've not sat in a service praying for the persecuted church and prayed, God, I just, pray that you would help my brothers and sisters in Christ to stop disobeying the government. I pray they'd stop meeting in their house churches. And I, I pray <laughs> that they would really obey their communist, tyrannical governments. No, no, no. None of us have ever prayed that way for anybody in the persecuted church. In fact, we've prayed for perseverance, for courage, for bravery, for protection, for the gospel to expand, for more house churches to start popping up everywhere. We've sent money to support missionaries. We like that is what the Christian Church of America of uh, has been doing for decades. And we've been teaching this to our kids. Yet are we living what we pray for our brothers and sisters to do? Mm-hmm. Because the reality is, is right now, so many people have not been going to church for nine months. Yeah. For eight months. Not okay. Or not practicing hospitality, which is another command. We talked about not that Not getting one.
0: together with friends.
1: Not evangelizing. Not actually being a participant in the body of Christ. Not using And pursuing the great commission. This, you guys, we have to awaken, we I, we have to open our eyes and see the great cost of what is happening, not just in our nation, but all over the world. And And we need to ask ourselves the hard question, are my prayers for the people in the persecuted church hypocritical to the way that I'm actually teaching my children by how I'm living? Yeah. Or am I the same person?
0: So we got to dive into the church here. This is super practical. Um, first of all, go to your church if they're open. If they're not and they're only streaming, don't uh, go to that church. Go to a different church that's actually meeting. Okay. You can also listen to your church's stream on a different day or something like that. But when when you go to church, go take your family and go to a church where there's actually people. I would not go to a church that requires your kids to wear masks during the entire service or something like that. I wouldn't allow my wife who's pregnant to wear a mask that will hurt her and our unborn child. Um, so um, definitely don't do that. Find a church, no masks, where you can participate. We can be there. We can worship together. If you can't find that, if you can't find a Bible believing church where you are, which is true in many cases, unfortunately, um, then you need to pray and seek a home church, a group, a gathering Mm -hmm. of people. If you can't find a home church, you'll need to start a home church. And it might start with just you Mm -hmm. leading your Mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give you some details on that. And then maybe after a while you invite another family and pretty soon God's going to do whatever he wants. It's his church, not yours. Right. And so you got to be committed to that. And so first um, and second Timothy are great chapters. My first advice to you is to read those over and over again. Study what is being said there about the church. Remember, uh, in the in the early days, the church was in homes.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, that's where the church was. So super. And
1: it is in persecuted countries right now today.
0: Yeah. And you <laughs> might find that you like after doing this, you like home church even better. In fact, there's a lot of things we love about home church. We were part of a, uh, a norm, regular church, non-denominational churches, uh, for the most part, for the first 16 years of our marriage. Then we had a few years of uh, a, a home church, and I think two of those years was the church we planted, or a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And um, and that grew and is going strong. We moved, so we're not part of that anymore, that church. But now we're going to a church with 3,000 people, and we we don't know what we're going to do yet, but we're enjoying it. And so, so, but let's say you need to start a church. So, so, read those scriptures, and then uh, get some music sheets, just a few, so you can worship together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Get communion bread and juice. That's it. You know, you're ready to go. Now the house, just you know, get the house ready. Talk amongst each other what you want to announce is like where the bathrooms are, and maybe some rules about you know kids not being upstairs with doors closed, things like that. Mm -hmm. But other than that, any safety things just to have those prepared ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And then here's the structure. Um, And this isn't legalistic by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm going to say this is
1: just how we've done it. how
0: we've done it and seen it work Mm -hmm. really well. Very fruitful, uh, which is, and this is super cool. First 30 to 45 minutes, uh, whoever's uh, hosting the church because it doesn't always need to stay in the same house. Mm -hmm. uh, They usually kind of MC it, start the meeting, that kind of thing. They're not running it, but they're, kind of keeping it moving. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so let's say that's you in the beginning and you pray in the beginning and in the first 30 to 45 minutes is prayer time, uh, testimony time, um, praise reports, of what mm-hmm. God's doing, yeah. um, healing when we will pray over somebody and, and anoint them, and anoint them. Mm-hmm. or, um, worship, oh, worshiping together. Mm-hmm. So awesome singing. Well, what if nobody has the instruments like the big church well, well,
1: we've actually been a part of a home church where there were no instruments. No
0: problem. You just <laughs> sing. And you know what? That's not my strength. But <laughs> you I
1: you still let it out. <laughs> I still
0: let it out. And is, I just make sure mm-hmm. I'm near somebody louder like my wife because she's so beautiful when she sings. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's awesome. We all have different strengths. but uh, So 30 to 45 minutes of that. And you know what? During that time, you have to be okay with silence. And some of you are wired in a high relational way where five seconds of silence seems like five minutes and you try and fill it. But you know what? You're good at filling it. Why not let the gifts be spread out and let somebody else speak? And some people take 30 seconds of silence before they ask for the prayer request. How beautiful is that? Get used to some silent moments. You will think it's awkward. Other people think it's safe.
1: But you know what? It's not awkward when you come with the perspective of wanting to hear from one another in their hearts. Because Amen. you love people. And you sit. And maybe maybe you don't have anything to share at that moment. And you're curious what's on other people's hearts and there is some silence. I found those to be the best times to just be praying for the Holy Spirit to convict hearts, to yeah. re- help people to recall scripture that really meant something to them that week if they were to share that yeah, um, or exhort one another with that. And it just was such a special time. Isaac said that this this time usually ranges 30 to 45 minutes. You guys, this is the cool part. It's led by the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And men and women are praying, which is awesome. And um, you might read scripture differently than that. That's where we landed. Um, And then there's time for teaching. And you might do this in different ways. We saw so much fruit from opening it up for men to prepare and give sermons and the people with the gift, the, the, the and sometimes people are learning to see if they have the gift, mm-hmm. right? Which is cool. And we love that. And two or three men, you know, bring a sermon, sometimes one and they give a sermon and you know what? Nobody coordinates it ahead of time. That's it's how really we've done cool, it. It's really
1: cool though, because the messages always complement one another yeah. in such a really beautiful way. And, um,
0: because the Holy Spirit's driving it. Yeah. And sometimes one of us will give a sermon and and that's good. And uh, sometimes one or two, sometimes three. And in a lot of, there's not three full sermons. Usually Mm -hmm. one of us brings something really meaty and, Mm -hmm. and then someone else brings something and they might adjust it a little bit for time and Mm -hmm. someone else just pipes in because of something they prepared. So it's just Mm -hmm. really a beautiful thing. And, um, rock solid teaching, by the way, what if you don't know if you're a teacher or what if you, uh, are trying to figure that out? Pick your, we believe in um going through the scripture, not topical, but literally teaching what's in the scripture. Yeah, to share stories when you can and yeah, apply it and make it relevant and all these things.
1: And bring in other scriptures bring too, in other but scriptures. it's really expository preaching. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. And it's neat when you when the guys um are sharing that sort of thing. Um, I know that it's just It's a special time where even the the young kids, they tend to learn more about what's on the people's hearts that they actually have relationship with. Absolutely. It's a good example to all of the kids on what it looks like to be – Um, An adult Christian so that they can envision themselves being that when they get older.
0: And then somebody, uh, it's usually someone different, uh, you know, does communion and it's very simple. They can, if you've never done it before, just read what the Bible says about communion and just read the scripture about it and and, pray and and, and do it. Uh, And sometimes you can do a little more and that's fine. Just keep mm -hmm. it simple. And then announcements. And then we do potluck and you know some prayer at the end. But and we have a we eat together and we hang out mm-hmm. together. How beautiful is that? And so mm-hmm. uh, one thing that's important is that whatever the preaching is is biblical mm-hmm. and is sound. And how do you make sure? Well, I don't believe people need to get seminary degrees in these things. People weren't doing that when the church was spreading like crazy.
1: Think of who the twelve disciples were. Yeah, some of them were fishermen. Others, I mean, they they all have different backgrounds because God can use all people.
0: So don't doubt yourself. Be encouraged by the Bible. Teach the Bible. You'll learn as you're doing. And you know what? Have a midweek time where the men get together and reflect on what happened on Sunday and ask questions. And if there's any disagreement Mm -hmm. about doctrine, you can Mm -hmm. talk about it. What you don't ever want is disunity cultivating because you're not open and talking about it. And those are such fruitful times where Mm -hmm. we dig, we all dig into the word together and talk Mm -hmm. about a subject. And it's amazing how the spirit, when we have humble hearts Mm -hmm. brings us all in unity together as we talk about Mm -hmm. it. So, and I know the women would get together too, Mm -hmm. and it's just such a fruitful thing. So, Mm -hmm. Hey, maybe you're supposed to start a home church. I just gave you the simple. You're like, Isaac, that's not enough detail. No, that's plenty more knowledge Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily lead to implementation. It actually gives you
1: excuses. It gives
0: you excuses. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, you could prepare to run your first home church with just your family. And you could do that a few weeks and pretty soon another family's joining you because they're starving for it. Mm -hmm. And you're perhaps the answer for that. Or maybe you're learning how to participate in one and search one and pray for one. uh, Super Mm -hmm, important. mm -hmm. We're gonna. Finish this off with some really cool resources Angie's going to talk
1: about. Okay, so you guys, we had mentioned the importance of recognizing what we're teaching our kids and what we're modeling for them in our prayer life when we go to church and we hear about the persecuted church and recognizing that there is persecution beginning to happen in even in America, but it's happening in other countries. I know of Canada right now that is not meeting um, as a church in many provinces, in some provinces it is meeting. People are not able to um, celebrate Christmas with their family members in the same kind of way. They have a quarantine going on beginning in some places December 23rd again. Um, I know that Oregon, for example, is in their their restricted guidelines through March, right? Yeah, but the, so, uh,
0: the Supreme Court just came through and kind of forced Oregon to allow churches to meet, which is pretty cool.
1: That's awesome. So you guys, but that didn't happen on its own. Right. That only happened because people civil were disobedience. people were being disobedient, but they were also speaking up. Yep it's it's not just civil disobedience, okay? Um, and so I want to share with you guys just a few. I know that this has been a long podcast, but I want to encourage you guys to look up the YWAM biographies that I briefly mentioned. Um, we have hundreds of these things, you guys. You've probably seen them. It's Christians he, Christian heroes then and now, okay? Um, They have them on all different people. You can get one on Amy Carmichael, Gladys Allward, Jim Elliott, Hudson Taylor, all of these different um, missionaries who they put their life on the line for the gospel, okay? Um, and then there's books like Praying Through the 100 Gateway Cities of the 1040 Window. This is one of the resource first resources that I got um, before we had the biographies. And I loved it because it's a smaller book, so it was easy for us to take when we were traveling as well. And it has every country in here along with a map prayer points talks about the population of the city another resource that's very similar to this one is the window to the world or operation world which is an even bigger book they just came out with a new one Um, and this one has a lot of illustrations in it which is great for kids they can actually see the people that they're praying for from different countries talks about their culture their religion the persecuted church what to pray for You guys, these are modern day stories of persecuted peoples that we need to be praying for. But I will warn you, all of these people are being disobedient to their governments in meeting as a Christian people. They are. And so when you are reading this with your kids, that's what you're teaching them. Another devotional, (laughs) Stories for Children here, I heard good news today. This literally has a couple um, like one page that you read to your kids. Um, here's the good news in China. It's a story of Hudson Taylor. It's a one page story about 1832. Um, this was another tool I used with my kids. And then there's voice of the martyrs. They have torchlighter DVDs, which are animated biographies of missionaries and stories of heroes of the faith. But I would recommend that if your kids, um, haven't watched those, that parents watch them first, because a lot of those persecuted missionaries became martyrs. And so some of the, even though they're animated, they can be kind of scary for kids, some of them, um, some not scary, obviously. Um, and then, you know, Voice of the Martyrs also has these books. I shared this with you in the St. Patrick's Day episode podcast that we did. St. Patrick was actually kidnapped and he was made a slave. And guess what he did? He ran away and he became a missionary. He went back to that land as a missionary and God used him to spread the gospel to all kinds of people. And so I, I just, I see aspects of civil disobedience for the purpose of the gospel, for the purpose of obeying God and participating in in the Great Commission. And we just have to be aware that we went over the four main reasons why it's biblical to be disobedient to um, authorities in the very first episode. And so if you haven't listened to that, you need to go back and listen to episode one of this or the first part of this series, I guess. Um, And then you know, I would encourage you guys to, to listen with your spouse, listen with your kids, have co- good conversations about all the things that we were just talking about, dig into the word together, read the stories that we weren't able to dig into super deep, like the stories of Esther. You guys, I know that a lot of you are scared about the futures of your children. I'm a mom of many. I'm pregnant with my ninth. And I think about what this world's going to be like in 20 years for this baby. I get it. I think about my future grandkids, and I would be lying if I didn't say that at times I struggle with fear. But then I preach to myself the truth, which is that God created them for this generation for a purpose. And right now, my purpose as their mom is to equip them to be confident, courageous kids ready for the uncertain world that they are going to be inheriting from us. So join with us Thank you for being a part of the 1 Million Legacies movement, and we'll see you next time. Merry Christmas. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting.
0: This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone.
1: If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.